Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Run Out Radio. I'm Jerry Forsyth alongside Mike Howerton. We're here to talk about the world of pool and current events. We've got a couple of guests for you today. Uh, a little later on, we'll be talking with Paul Pottier and then with Mike DeShane. So, Mr. Howerton, how are you, sir? I am good. Um, getting ready for the summer to begin. I'll be heading out to Georgia to take a little break from this Arizona heat. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It's our annual, uh, what would you call it, board meeting. Yeah, a board, a board of two. <laughs> yeah. uh, is that B-O-A-R-D or B-O-R-E-D? Yeah. So what's going on in, in your part of the pool world? Well, there's been a lot going on. Uh, you know, out here on the West Coast, we had uh, we had all the events out in California. We had uh, we had the U.S. Open One Pocket, U.S. Open Ten Ball. There was a tar match here and there. There was lots of stuff going on. Um, did you see the article in ESPN the magazine about Dennis Orcoyo? I did. That was a really fine article. The the uh, author should be commended for his writing. Yeah, I thought it was very well done. Um, I don't think Ted Harris could have paid for that kind of uh, publicity for his cues there at the end. Oh, how how fine was that? And is it... You think that article had anything to do with... Uh, the level of play that we've seen from Dennis in the month or so since the article ran? Well, I'm sure it, you know, puts a little extra gas in your tank to have someone write such glowing things about you. And, and frankly, Dennis's life is just such an amazing success story. I mean, to go from casting a net out in the surf, hoping to bring in enough fish to feed your family to being the number one pool player in the world and to be recognized, uh, as that as player of the year uh golly what what kind of dream is that yeah i mean it's a neat story um i was real pleased to see the the filipinos back over here for the you know they were here for the california events they were here for the u.s open uh one pocket and ten ball events um especially nice to see bustamante it would have been nice to see reyes here and and we haven't seen alcano in quite some time i he's is he even playing anymore? You know, he's the mystery guy. He goes away for a while, and then he shows up and tears everybody a new one. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what his deal is. I, I, he may have changed managers or something, and they're not coming with the uh, money to make trips or or what. Um, you know, they've got their own thing going on in the Philippines now with the weekly uh, little TV challenge match thing. and. They've got quite a few tournaments going on, so maybe he's just staying home and earning a living. Uh, but, um, you know, the rest of the guys still come over here, and boy, what a group of guys they are. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I tell you, the biggest surprise in the U.S. Open 10 ball, first off, the surprise was that uh, Ching Shun Yang played in the event, which I didn't know if we were ever going to see him come over and play in, in a big American event. And then he just... I don't even remember if he just barely cashed or if he didn't cash at all. Um, really surprised to see him finish so low. Yeah, he didn't live up to his billing, but you know, to me, he's he's always been the greatest player who wasn't because he's he's never won a world championship, and 
and everybody expects him to win because he 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 just plays so good, but he doesn't. He doesn't win. So I don't know. I it's it's you hear an awful lot of accolades about Yang, and he certainly deserves them. I mean, he, he probably came in second in more international tournaments there in a 10-year stretch than anybody else. But he's just never closed the deal. Well, I mean, he's got he's got all the talent in the world. And I believe you and I have, have spoke about this before. You know, all, I'm not going to say all players, but a lot of top-notch players went through that phase in their career where they couldn't break through and get that big win. But once they did, you know, it, it just all started to fall into place, and then they were winning everywhere. Yeah. So besides yeah. all that, which which I guess before we get off the topic, um, no big shock that Shane won the U.S. Open one pocket. Um, maybe more of a shock that he finished better in the one pocket than he did in the ten ball. Um you know, it interests me how well Shane plays one pocket. Uh, I know you and I have discussed this before that straight pool seems to be more of a, you know, top level straight pool. At least to me, it seems like it's more nine ball straight pool where you don't have to play the patterns like like Siegel and, and Hopkins and, and Moscone played because the top players can make any ball on the table anyway. So you don't have to, to plan out as much. Is one pocket starting to, to do that same thing? Is it starting to become a ball makers? I can make balls so I don't have to play one pocket. I think it's, I think one pocket's been evolving that way for a long time uh, toward what I would call just a more aggressive style of play back in the forties, fifties, sixties, whenever, when you watch people play straight pool, like DiLiberto and Hopkins and those boys, uh, they'd have one ball out of the pack. They'd make that ball, run into the pack, knock out two or three other little balls, you know, and make one of those and then break out some more when they made the other ball. They, they, didn't, they didn't tear the rack apart all the time. I and mean, if they had a great breakout shot, they certainly would. But they were more nimble at, at picking balls out of the rack and, and never leaving an open table for an opponent to cash in on. Guys today don't care. Their their egos tell them, and their skills prove that they can just smack that pack open and run 14 balls and, and leave a break ball. It's uh, both the games are a lot more aggressive now than they used to be, and I, I think it's it's much better uh, for the fans. I, I think that uh, people like watching an aggressive uh, player. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's if it's good for um, the games themselves, but yeah, I guess I guess if I had to say yes or no, yeah, I, I guess it is probably because it brings those games, it makes them more exciting, and and it brings more fans to those games. And you know, if you don't have fans there for the games, then they're just going to die away. It, you know, it it just seems that the players who you think of as the best one-pocket players in the world, uh, Reyes, Frost, uh, there's a couple others that, that come to mind, but, well, Jones, uh, Ochoa, 
you just don't see them excelling at the game right now on that top stage just because you've got players like Shane who, you know, they can make any ball on the table. They don't suffer from that that syndrome where you've been playing safe for 10 minutes and then you finally get left a, a 25% possibility shot and you can't come with it because Shane seems like he can come with a shot anytime he wants. Yeah. So, you know, Shane won the one pocket again, which, you know, he won the Derby City one pocket. He won the U.S. Open one pocket. Um, I guess you've got to say that he's probably the top one pocket player playing right now. I, I There's a gentleman here in town that I'm sure would like to argue that, but I'm also sure that Shane would like to argue that with Scott, too. So. Yeah, I think Shane has a good argument to, to argue with anyone. Uh, right now, I mean, he's got the track record. You just can't you can't argue with statistics. Um, if he were to play Efren Reyes one on one one uh, one pocket, though, who would you bet on? Well, you know you you ha- you say this is Shane, and he can make any ball on the table. So of course he's going to be a favorite against anybody. But rules like that don't apply when you refer to Efren, you know. Yeah, I know. His he, eyes were fading. Guy. So you, you, you know, I've even been on this show saying that I thought his his best days were behind him and he wasn't going to win another major title, and then he uh, took the master of the table at Derby. So I just think, I think all logic, sometimes I think, the laws of physics, you know, they all go out the window when you're talking about Efren. Yeah, see, in that matchup, I'm going to have to flip a coin. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. And speaking of, of one-on-one matchups, we had a uh, we had a tar match between our guest who's coming up, Mike DeShane and Dennis Hatch. It, it sounds like it was an exciting one. Um, little hot tempers, which, you know, on one hand... You kind of had to expect that, and on the other hand, Justin probably had to expect that. You know that that might have had something to do with why both players were picked for that match. But but Mike won, and you know Mike's another one who, you know he's he's proven time and time again since that ultimate ten ball win that he is one of the top players out there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and frankly, the emotional part of that that matchup, the fact that both guys are rather fiery and they've been known to uh, explode. Um, I think that's a wise decision on TAR's part. I mean, it's like NASCAR. And NASCAR knows that a lot of fans come to see the wrecks. And while they'd rather they came to see the, the race, uh, they're not going to turn them away at the gate. No, no. I mean, you can't argue with NASCAR's success. Um so Mike won that. Uh, Johnny and Shane is the next match. That's coming up right around the corner. Um, I mean, it goes back to the conversation we had just a couple minutes ago. You're not picking Johnny in this one, are you? I tell you, I, no, I won't. But again, um, it all depends on what Johnny shows up which Johnny shows up. Um, 
if it's the golly if if it's the Johnny that uh picks a lot of lint and uh <laughs> gets up and down off the ball seven times, then I gotta go with Shane. If it's the Johnny that walks up there confidently and stares at the table like it's his pet dog and he better do what he says, uh, then Johnny can, you know, he can just string rack after rack after rack, too. That is Johnny Archer we're talking about. Oh, yeah. So uh, while I, I, I think I want to give the, the favored nod to Shane solely on uh, uh, the youth factor, and because young eyes and young hand-eye coordination are better than older eyes and older eye-hand coordination. But uh, Johnny sure got him dead nuts on the experience factor. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, what's what I find interesting about Johnny is, as you know, I've been doing a lot of research into uh, tournament results and, and that sort of thing from the last 10, 20 well, plus years, and right. I mean Johnny has just been an upper echelon player forever it seems, and and he's still, I mean look at his success at Turning Stone. That's not that's not an accident. So I'm not trying to say that that Shane needs to roll over him, you know, in this in this match. I just think that race to nine, yeah. You know, either one of them can win. That's going to come down to one or two mistakes. But I, I just think a long match like this, this is Shane's bread and butter. He's been doing this since Tar 1. Um, I, I think he's he's got to be the favorite to win this. Um, and now they're saying that, that Bustamante is waiting in the wings for whoever wins this. Which I, I find it kind of strange because Johnny, or I'm um, not Johnny, I'm sorry, Shane just played Bustamante in a tar match, and and you know are they, are they looking for a rematch already? But but I don't know. That's that's Justin's baby. He he has a better idea what he's doing there than than you or I, of course. And I think he got pretty good reception on that matchup, so I, d- I doubt that he's afraid of having it a game. Right. That's um. I mean, I, I don't want to dwell on results and who took first and who took second and who took third in, in events. You know, that's something that we've kind of gotten away from. So really, that's uh, that's all I've got. You want to you wanna get to our first guest? Well, we might as well. Um, for those of you who've been around pool for a little while, you may remember Pool School in Paradise. And this was the brainchild of Paul Pottier. And um, I don't remember exactly when the last one was held do you like off the top of your head well it's been two or three years um yeah you know paul got married and and as you well know the many uh uh uh, exciting pool playing career has been derailed by getting married (laughs) but uh (laughs) paul's back to the game this is uh this is going to be a strange uh little segment for everybody because I had to solo this one. This was just a, a conversation that I had with Paul. Jerry was uh, not available at that time. So without further ado, let's get to uh, my, my short conversation with Paul Pottier. Are you there, Paul? Yes. Hi, Mike. Hey, uh, haven't heard from you in a while. How are things going in uh, Canada? Well, the, the bird world here in BC is actually still fairly dead, but... Um, 
Um, I stopped playing pool. My last event was the All Japan Championship in 2007. Um, and then um, had to go and get a real job, so I went and did that. But uh, I'm back to playing pool again. Well, that's a good thing. It might not be a good thing for your ability to pay bills, but it's a good good thing to have you back as part of the game. Actually, it's actually working out real well because I'm doing, I'm teaching a lot. And, um, you know, I'm really, um, I feel great about the fact that there's so many people that are hungry to, hungry for more knowledge and hungry to get better. So that's where I come in. And, you know, I can help pretty much any player on the planet uh, as far as the skill levels go. So I have a large market. Well, and that's that's part of what brings us to our conversation today. Um, I understand that uh, you and some friends of yours are getting together again. Yeah, just uh, you know, just a bunch of buddies. Um, and uh, fortunately for me, I've got some pretty nice, uh, pretty great friends: uh, Mike Massey, Tony Robles, Ralph Suquet. So the four of us are going to be um, doing uh, pool school in paradise. Uh, I don't know if you know we uh, we you know Allison Fisher, Joe Hofstad, and Mike Massey and I did that for eleven years, and we stopped uh, in two thousand seven. Well, I, I was familiar with the concept, but again, I hadn't heard anything from you in in a while as to uh, any new schools. So, what what prompted you to bring everything back together? Well, again, I had, you know, since last May, actually a year ago, I had uh, I've just been playing pool and teaching. And, and as I mentioned, I've been <clears throat> quite happy with, you know, seeing so many people wanting to uh, improve their game. And so I got really busy just giving lessons, individual lessons. So I contacted Mike Massey, and <clears throat> he was very desirous of, uh, of getting back to Pool School in Paradise again as well. So and then we contacted Allison and Gerda, but their lives are very hectic this year, so they couldn't um, they couldn't join us in August. So um, we went with the uh, next two people that were that were the highest on our list to talk to, and they uh, they jumped at the chance, Ralph Suke and Tony Robles. So we're really thrilled about that. We're a little uh, short short notice this year. Normally we're full by February. Uh, we normally uh, start advertising um, the end of December, and by February we're full. March sometimes. Uh, so we didn't start until just now. And our school actually is August 21st to 26th in Seattle, Washington. Oh, okay. So you basically, uh, interested players have the summer to to contact you and and get on the list. Right now, I, I contacted some of the um, some of our former students, and by the way, we've had a lot of repeats. In fact, um, uh, right away, I got checks from um, two people: one who had already been with us three times and is coming back for his fourth time. Any other person has come back, come come to us four times, so this would be his fifth time. And then we have a new one. One of my um, recent students has just signed up, and another person is sending a check right away as well. So um, at the beginning, all basically we just contacted old old students, and I'm still doing that right now too, trying to find some of them. We have a lot of repeats over the years, so that's always been a good thing, and we'd like to see some of them back, but some new faces as well. Well, that sounds good. Um, explain to our listeners a little bit about the concept of Pool School in Paradise. Okay, well, it's, you know, besides the fact that uh, it's five days with, um, you know, with some pretty great players, uh, Mike Massey, Tony Robles, Ralph Suquet, I mean, just one of those is just a great, you know, great to be able to spend five days with one of those, let alone, you know, those, uh, all three of them and, and then myself. 
and um, we uh, we basically it takes it's four days of instruction. And uh, and by the way, this is even though it's you know it's a great time. We go for dinner every night, and we're in a nice little area. In the past, we've been in Vancouver, where we were um, in Granville Island um, Market area, and and it was everybody just loved it. At lunchtime, we always uh, were able to go to the market and just hang out, and then. At dinner time, we uh, we all got together at a, at a restaurant, all sat together. So that same concept is happening, uh, going to be happening in Seattle, but right by Pike's Market, which is a, very similar to the um, Gravel Island um, Market area. <clears throat> so we start off at nine o'clock in the morning, nine till eleven thirty. We have a seminar, and the four days we have um, the themes are all different. So it starts off, and one would, as one would assume, the first day is on basic fundamentals and that's what it is on so it's on um, you know how to stand how to grip how to you know all the little things and by the way it doesn't matter whether you're a beginner or you're a top player that's the area where I'm sure I can find uh, some real uh, problems with most people uh, even great players that's where they need some help and I've helped a lot of people who are already you know very good players for many years and they just needed some tweaking and it's always in that area but then in the afternoon, after lunch, we, um, we split everybody into four groups. There's 16 students. That's when it's full. And so on the Tuesday, which is an orientation day, we, we check to see how people are playing and um, what skill levels are at. And then we put them in groups, also by personality as well. Um, and then, um, so let's say uh, Wednesday, the very first day of instruction, in the afternoon, uh, one group of four will get we'll get um, Mike Massey, and another group of four will get me. Another group of four will get Tony, and and then Ralph. After two hours, we switch. So every day, <clears throat> there's two group. Uh, you have each each instructor has two groups, and everybody, every student gets every each one of us exactly the same amount of time. And then at the end of the at the end of the um, uh, school that day, everybody goes for dinner, and basically whoever your teacher was. Uh, for the last group, that's who you're going to sit with for dinner. So you're sitting with a different pro every night. I like that. It, I like I like the idea of just going beyond the simple training. You know, just giving lessons. You know, actually getting a chance to to meet these players and and learn a little bit about them. I think that's a positive thing. Well, you're right, Mike. In fact, the entire the entire experience is is what's necessary. I think to help somebody want to learn. You know, we're all, we can all be terrible students given the wrong, you know, given, given a certain situation. And, and most of us can all be great students and, and almost all of us uh, can be a good student if the, if the conditions are correct. And so here are the conditions. The individual says, well, oh my goodness, I'm, I, I want to go spend these five days with these, with these superstars. And, um, and I'm paying a lot of money for it, so I've, I've, I've really got to get something out of this. So I'm going to go with an open mind, and, and I'm going to go um, and enjoy myself and, um, and learn from these, uh, these credible people who've, who've got the results to prove that they know what they're talking about. And, um, and then they get there. One of the things that can happen is they can be a little bit, um, you know, in awe of, you know, like Mike Massey, and, and how can you not be in awe of Mike or, or Ralph Suquet or before Allison and Gerda? So what we do on the, on the Tuesday is it's kind of like a break the ice. We have um, it, it's a day of um, play a little tournament. Sometimes we've gone for a bike ride in the park or pitch and pots, a little picnic. And then this particular Tuesday night, we're actually giving away an award to, um, to an individual who 
it's because of him that we actually even did a second school, let alone a first school, or let alone 14 schools. Uh, his name is Rick Rogers, and we're going to be presenting him with what we're going to call the Pool School in Paradise um, Lifetime uh, Family Member Award. So it's a Hall of Fame sort of an award. And uh, he's, come, he's come to Pool School in Paradise six times as a paid student. And then a couple years ago, he had a stroke, and he's not able to play in pool anymore, which is a real shame because he really loves it. And he loves Pool School in Paradise. So we just, uh, you know, we just thought it, would just, it was just a must, really, to, uh, to put this event on. So on the Tuesday night, we're going to have um, we're gonna have Rick and his wife, Carmen, to be there, and we're going to be presenting an award. And uh, hopefully we'll have some neat things happen, like um, some of the former students, um, you know, maybe doing a little, um, little clip where they're uh, um, congratulating him, that kind of thing as well. So it, it, we're going to be doing a big, a big night around him. Well, that sounds like fun. Um, certainly had to be a disappointment that Allison and Gerda weren't available, but I, I can't imagine you're, you could be any happier with, uh, with adding Ralph and Tony to the mix this time. You're 100% correct. Exactly that. Uh, definitely disappointed that we couldn't get Allison and Gerda. We, you know, 13 sessions, 11 years, you know, that was a great partnership. And, uh, and from my perspective, and hopefully from theirs, it's not over yet. It's just that they weren't able to... Uh, to attend this year, and Mike and I were determined we were going to do it. And you know, we've we've spoke about this before, Mike and I, about you know Tony and Ralph, if if um, Allison and Gerda couldn't do it. And so um, yes, we are we're thrilled that uh, both of them jumped at the chance. And uh, in fact, there's an event happening that particular week. Yet Ralph, um, you know, Ralph and Tony are coming to Pools in Paradise instead of playing that event. You know, that's a big deal as well. So we're hoping that this, you know the the general public out there, the people that love to play pool, will will see this as an exciting event as well, just as just as much as Ralph and Tony have, and and uh, you know it, it's this this event is bigger than any one person, it, but it is it's all about all those people that are involved that make it a a great time, and you know we have a a lot of um, students over the years, eighty some students, uh, many of them come more more than once, that uh, they'd all be happy to. You know, tell the story as well. Well, I mean, definitely Ralph and Tony is a heck of a B team that you can fall back on when uh, <laughs> when Allison and Gerd aren't available. Um, it sounds like, you know, you mentioned the number of students that have been there over the years. It sounds like you you could could build some sort of friendships with those students, and and are those the sort of things that that last beyond just the five days? Wow, that's it's amazing that you mentioned that actually, Mike. Because I don't know if you remember, I traveled around North America with my wife for uh, my my ex-wife now, but uh, as her honeymoon for two years, and and um, we stayed with uh, with many of these students uh, all the way from you know Vancouver down to San Diego and all across the southern states and all the way up the eastern seaboard, uh, and um, and it was it was great doing so. Yes, lasting friendships forever, really, and I'm in touch with many of them uh, today. Um, and uh, we'll be we'll be in touch with them for for a long time. It's it's more than just being um, just being our students. They become our friends. Yes. Well, and I notice in uh, some of the paperwork that you had sent over for me to look at ahead of time that you encourage the students to bring a, a friend or a family member. Right. Um, and you know, I mean, I mean, this is coming from me, so you really haven't gotten the horse's mouth. But many times we've heard from 
from some of our students' spouse or their mother. We had a, a young 12-year-old come twice, actually. Um, we've heard from them, the, the actual person who wasn't in the, in the class, that it was their, their best vacation they've ever had. And so that's, um, you know, that's always a great thing to hear. And the reason for that is we've always, you know, I, I make things happen behind the scenes as well. And uh, it's always about the atmosphere and about um, making sure that we're looking after everybody. You know, if you brought, you know, if you brought your wife to an event like this and she was there and you were in class, you know, we don't want you to have to worry about what's happening with her, whether she's happy or she's, you know, brooding in her in her room or any of those kind of things. So, <laughs> uh, so we've always had activities where, you know, uh, had somebody that could take them out and, like in Vancouver, take them to the aquarium uh, during during the during the classes, take them shopping, take them um, uh, for a ride around Stanley Park, and and you know that's what we were doing all the time. And then sometimes, of course. Uh, some of the um, spouses became friends with other spouses, and and so they would go and and do something together as well, uh, because they came more than once, two or three or four times, and so they, it was something that they're looking forward to every year, and um, so we do encourage it for sure. And the dinner out is a great thing. We don't sit in four, you know, four different booths of uh, of you know four or five or six people each. We we make sure that the restaurant is able to provide us with either one long table or two long tables where we can all uh, socialize together uh, at that restaurant. And the restaurant prices, like the, the food prices, are between $15 and $25 for, the, for, for an entree. So we keep it fairly reasonable, but still nice restaurants, great atmosphere, great service. And, um, and that's all behind the scenes, things that, that I do you know, now to make sure that uh, when the time comes, everything is looked after and it's a... It's it's not just coming in and having a and getting a lesson and getting better. Uh, it's the whole experience. Well, it sounds great. Uh, again, it's August twenty first through the twenty sixth. Um, Correct. People who are interested in more information, how can they contact you? Uh, they can reach me through my phone number if they wish six zero four eight zero three eight three nine six, or they can go on the website, which is Pool School in Paradise. Dot net, all one word, poolschoolinparadise.net. Um, check out my own website, paulpazio.com. So there's many, many different ways they can reach me. Uh, they can get a hold of me. And, and uh, so I've got a number of email addresses. And um, just go on those websites and you can get the email addresses. Um, paul at paulpazio.com or info at poolschoolinparadise.net. Um, so there's, that's how they can reach me. And, um, you know, we're, when we fill, we fill, but we also take a, a waiting list because in the past we have had it where 20, 15 to 20% of our students for some one reason or another had to, had to cancel out. And then we, we um, always had a waiting list. By the way, it's $1,000 U.S. check uh, or money order to send to me um, for, to make sure you've got a spot. Okay. And, and if... If the whole, you know, you and Mike and Ralph and Tony thing is is not in someone's budget, they can still contact you for personal lessons. Absolutely. In fact, besides uh, giving personal le- lessons, you know, right here wherever I live, I'm also uh, doing it online. So I have um, 
it's an it's a long distance coaching program, and anybody in the world can study with me um, that way. And and um, I have some people that can they can easily contact if they want to get a second opinion. In other words, uh, you know, how's this worked? I've got some people that they can contact who I've already done this with, and they'd be more than happy to talk to them about it. It's uh, it's um, it's still um, you know we're still learning through discovery how to do it better. But that that's what everything in life. In fact, that's what I teach in pool as well. Let's not just jump in and, and this is how you have to do it. It's about learning through discovery, and I think that is the most purest way to learn. Well, Paul, it sounds great. And, and you know, beyond all that, it's it's good to see you back in the game. It's good to, uh, you know, I'll look forward to seeing you out here at some tournaments coming up. Thanks, Mike. I, I do uh, want to do that. I'm playing uh, I'm playing good pool. I'm, I'm ready to play. But, again, I'm, I'm really busy teaching, and that's where I'm putting most of my time. But thanks again, Mike, and thanks for, uh, thanks for giving me a call. Yeah, anytime. Uh, stay in touch with us. Let us know how it's going. Let us know how this, uh, this school goes in August, and uh, we'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Paul. Well, we wish much success to Paul in the pool school in paradise. And right now we've got another guest on the line that I know you're all going to want to hear from. We've got a... Hot shot, young gun on the line, Mike DeShane. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing well, guys. And yourselves? Oh, not too bad. Nothing to complain about. How's your uh, How's your work with the APA going up there in the Northeast? My work with the APA is going great. Cannot complain. All right. Well, I just hope they're keeping you busy. Absolutely. It's a lot of work. A lot of work trying to get these teams together. But it, but it's happening. Yeah. Do you have any new rooms uh, opening in your area now that you can take advantage of? Um, to be honest with you, though, ever since the Country Club USA closed, there's there's not that many pool rooms in the Middlesex and Essex County. There's one in uh, Peabody that's world class billiards, but other than that, there there's not a lot of pool halls. You know, it's actually a great spot for a pool hall to go. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, listeners, someone with money who wants a pool room, <laughs> call Mike DeShane. Yeah. Um, Mike, you've had a lot going on lately. Uh, you had a pretty much. good week in Las Vegas. Couple, couple good weeks. Yeah, you in, your, in the uh, ten ball, you were the highest uh, ranked American or any other player except Filipino to finish. You took uh, fourth place out there. Absolutely, yeah. I played very well. The Filipinos played awesome, of course, like always. It was a great tournament. You know, Mike, I wonder, uh, looking at that tournament, uh, seeing the top three finishers all being Filipino, and, you know, there was a there was a brief time where politics kind of kept some of the Filipinos out of the, out of the mix of American events, but seeing how much they dominated the U.S. Open 10 ball, is the, is the Filipino game just that far above the American game, or is it there's something else? Um, they are, they are the top, top echelon players for sure. They, they practice and put so much work into playing great pool. Um, they deserve everything they get. That's even if it takes three of them finishing one, two, and three in the tournament. Uh, I wouldn't say they're, they're, um, well, I guess I would say they're, a, they're a small level, level above everyone else, but they deserve it. They put in the time, you know, it's their li- livelihood over there in the Philippines. Now, have you been over there and played against, or, or have you been to the Philippines and played in that atmosphere? I have, I have. To be honest with you, I noticed that, <laughs> I don't know if I'm just dreaming, but 
I thought they played better over here. <laughs> when, I, when I was over there playing against them, um, I gambled with a couple of them and, and played in the tournament. Of course, they play awesome, but the, maybe it was the conditions, you know, the hot, muggy weather and the slow, nappy cloth. Um, I, I, I think they play better here, maybe because of the conditions. Hmm. That's interesting because, I mean, now Jerry and I have both been over there and, and we both understand what you're talking about when you refer to the tables and the slow cloth and that sort of thing. Logically, I would think that there would be a hard transition playing in that sort of an environment and then coming over here and playing on fast cloth and, and, and fast tables, but that certainly doesn't seem to be the case. No, absolutely No, not. you know, I wonder if it's because over there they're not afraid of each other. But they come over here, and just about everybody they go up against is going, oh, my God, I'm playing a Filipino. And yeah, got that, that, that does have fear factor going. Absolutely, absolutely. There's not one uh, American, including Shane, that, that likes to face off against a Filipino. You know, it's, it's just not fun. <laughs> you don't want to go into a tournament knowing that you're going to play one of these guys. <laughs> well, before U.S. Open 10-ball, you were in a tar match with a yeah. fella who... Uh, well, frankly, you remind us a lot of Dennis Hatch. And, I remind uh, you guys of Dennis Hatch? Well, sure. You're both flamboyant. You both have tempers that have been known to surface. Uh, you both are emotional players. Uh, you have quite a lot in common. And you're both, you both if you can see the ball, you can make it. Yeah. No, I guess in those aspects, yeah, we're very similar. Um, he's a great player. You know, very, very um, fearless and... and uh, He's got some. Um, he's got some skills for sure. Well, tell us how it went down because I know that you were tied after day two in the tar match. Oh yeah, day one was actually the best day out of all three. I was down twenty-three to like sixteen or seventeen, and ended up coming back and beating him hill hill. Uh, it was definitely definitely fun, you know. Just that everything that was going on, it was a blast for me, especially. Um, I don't know as much for him, but. Day, day two, he put an ass whooping on me. Of course, uh, I'm sorry if I can't say that word, but uh, he uh, he played awesome pool, broke the balls perfect, um, played you know he played like Dennis Hatch, you know he played unbelievable. And then day three, our temperaments ran really high, and uh, it felt like uh, day two was a little rough around the edges when it came down to the sharking aspect of the game and people being in the room cheering and stuff. And, and I'm not going to lie, my emotions were set high day three, like you just said. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm one to, you know, hit my cue on the ground or, or get upset when I miss a ball. And, and it just, I mean, it wasn't that bad, but I guess it, it did end up turning bad between him and I and then, uh, close to the middle of the set, something I regret, but oh well, happened. Well, you know, you've told me in the past that you like to let your emotions out, that you don't want to play like the players who play with uh, poker faces, that you think it's better uh, to let the emotions out rather than try and keep them uh, stored inside you. Yeah. A lot of these people, a lot of these players that hold their emotions in really don't hold them in. I mean, they might hold it in um, from the spectator's standpoint, but, you know, they utter words around the table. You know, that... that get into your opponent's head. They're just very quiet about it, which I respect. You know, they, 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 
they're letting it out somehow. They have to. It's just it's just human nature. Um, I let it out a little bit more, you know, by slamming my cue or, or doing something, which I don't, which I'm not happy about, you know. But I've gotten better in time. So. Well, a little flamboyancy is good for the TV cameras. Yeah, so I've heard. Mike, I'm curious how a match like that comes together. Um, I mean, do you contact Tar and say, I want Dennis Hatch, or does does he call you and say, come on, punk, let's play some? Or, or I mean, how does that – I mean, my phone's not ringing with uh, Justin on it anytime soon, you know, asking me to be on Tar 99. So how exactly does that work? Oh, Tar wanted me to be on. Uh, they've been they've been talking about it for a long time. They were very excited and and looked forward to having Dennis and I play. Uh, I, I, they contacted me. It's been in the talks for a while, and they thought that Dennis and I would be the perfect matchup. Now I see that they're doing. I mean, they've got uh, they've got Johnny and Shane coming up, and then they're kind of already starting to pre-promote that. Uh, Bustamante is waiting for the winner of that match. Uh, you feel like you kind of got forgotten about there? Uh, I think I think um, they need to do what they need to do. You know, being involved in the billiard industry is very tough right now, so th- them putting up players where they think they can sell and make money, more power to them. They, you know, they, they have to do it. Uh, do I agree with the choice? Absolutely not. I think the I think they're putting things too close together, and it's going to end up hurting them. But hey, you know they can do. They, I mean, I, more good luck to them. I hope I hope it works out, which I think it will. So, well, what's the summer got for you? I know you have Turning Stone coming up. Turning Stone's um, in August. I believe mm-hmm. I'm going to go and practice some straight pool. As much as I hate to say that, you know, I'm not a big fan of the game. I, I enjoy it, but um, I can't stay focused for more than 10 minutes in a game, it seems like. So, but I'm going to play in, I think I'm going to go to Maryland and play in that straight pool tournament there. And Charlie, I believe, uh, Charlie has a a straight pool tournament coming up too in New York. So I'm going to probably go to that as well. And you're going to play a trick shot championship instead of the U.S. Open. Yes. Yes, I actually got an email from Luke the other day, uh, seeing if I made a mistake. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it was a decision based solely off where pool's at, you know, where with um, with this bonus ball, and and which I hope works out um, for for the players' sake. And this, I guess, ABP thing, you know, um, I, I just thought. Picking the road of ESPN puts me a, a notch above everyone and and gets gets mainstream media, I guess, or mainstream people to see who I am as a pool player. Yes, I'm just concerned about its possible ramifications because you, you'll lose out on those Moscone Cup points. Yeah, I I, mean, I I've kind of put that on the I, I going into the decision, making the decision. I I knew that was the case. And it was something that I was willing to sacrifice one year off my career to see if if it, if it was the right decision. You know, um, I've never been on ESPN, so I'm not going to listen to anyone who has. I'm just going to find out for myself. I've been on the Moscone Cup. I saw what it did for me before. I saw what it did for me after. 
I'm, it was unbelievable. It was the best event I've ever played in, in my entire life, and I hope to be there for the next... As long as I play pool, I'd love to play on the Moscone Cup or be a part of it. Um, right. I'm just trying to further myself in this game, and I'm going to go down and see whatever options are available. Well, good luck on that. I hope that it works out. Frankly, I didn't know that you were a uh, a trick shot shooter. Oh, absolutely. I, I know them all. No, I'm just kidding. I, I'm learning them right now with my team, and they, they've got they've got all the shots, and it's just me doing them, which is, you know, which, I mean, i got a pretty good knack for them, so it, it's fun. It really is. Okay. Well, Mike, uh, you know, you you mentioned a couple of things, uh, bonus ball being one of them. Um, Facebook seems to be blowing up at the moment with, uh, you know, every pro player in the world either in Vegas right now or on their way back to Vegas, um, you know, they're, for this bonus ball thing to kick off. Are you a part of that whole thing? You know, I never got a phone call, and, and from the way... I don't know. I, I guess I don't know. I guess if they call me and want me to be a part of it, I'd have to consider it. Possibly. I, I don't. Um, I don't know. I, I'm. I guess it consists of ninety percent of the best players in the country. Bonus ball. I guess, but maybe I'm not in that. Maybe I'm not in that group. So I didn't get a call. So good luck to them. You know, I hope it works out for them. It, it seems kind of strange that you wouldn't be included. I'm. I mean. You could arguably be described as one of the top two American players right now. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm certain Shane is there. Um, that has to irk you a little bit. Um, it does, but it's something you know. It's just going to play its course. Uh, I like, I like where I'm standing right now. It, it's good either way. I hope, I hope for pool's sake that something does take off. Um, if it happens to be bonus ball, more power to them, and I and I hope it does. I mean, for everybody's sake, if I mean at least it's it's something in the direction um, of trying to get something done. Um, I, it irks me a little bit. There's no doubt, but hey, I can't I can't say or do anything about it. Now you mentioned the ABP. Um, you've been conspicuously absent from the list of players that are supporting the ABP. And it seems uh, lately that uh, more and more of the players who were on that list are now uh, saying that they don't support the ABP. Is, were you not on that list on purpose? Yeah, I wasn't on that list for a reason. I mean, I, I personally think that a, um, a union is great for pool. I believe that everybody should be involved, though, and that was my problem from the beginning is there was only certain people involved, um, which is okay if it was spread out, but it really wasn't spread out, and I thought there was some type of pattern there. But that's neither here nor there. I think a union is good for pool and will make steps in the right direction if it's handled correctly. I think, um, I think that it could get out of hand and people could take advantage of it if the opportunity presented itself especially in pool, you know, I mean, when has that not happened? Well, you've got a point there. Um, you know, talking about bonus ball on the AVP and, and well, and tar and, and, you know, a number of things that we've talked about, there seems to be 
I wouldn't exactly characterize it as a lack of respect, but it, it almost seems like the top players aren't inviting you to play their reindeer games. I mean, is it because you're, you're still kind of young to the game, or is it because you don't go along with, with the ideas that they have? That's exactly what it is. It's, it's, I don't play into their, to their nonsense. I will call call them out on on their on their corrupt things or 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 say something that makes sense that they might not like. Um, unfortunately, that's the way life is. You know, you got to play your role and and I guess suck up and 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 come over and say, "Oh, Johnny, you're the best pool player I've ever seen in my life." You know, I look up to you. Um, those things need to be said, but I'm, I guess I'm far from that. You know, I don't mind saying something that's true, especially, if, I mean, and if they don't want to hear it, then that's okay. Mike DeShane, we really appreciate you spending time with us today. Uh, good luck. We look forward to seeing you again at Turning Stone. And Thank you. Um, between now and then, shoot well, my friend. Thank you. Well, Mike DeShane seems to have his road for the next uh, few months plotted out pretty well. Uh, we, of course, wish him every success. Um, and Mike, Paul Pottier seems to have a lot of high hopes there uh, for his pool school in paradise. Sounds like a pretty good package. Well, uh, he's had success with it in the past. And as I mentioned to him, you know, certainly he had to be disappointed that Allison and Gerda weren't available, but... When you've got a B team of uh, Robles and Suquet, you can't argue with that. You know the only, the only bad part of that is, as he mentioned, um, you know Ralph won't be at a big event, which, as you well know, will be Turning Stone. It'll it'll, it'll be a little sad to not see him there. Yes, uh, but one player does not a tournament make, and Turning Stone will. Still be turning stone. They'll still have the oatmeal cookies. <laughs> and really, I, I think Ralph's a great guy. But if I had to have one of them uh, not there, I'm, I'm sorry, Ralph. <laughs> I just caught what you were saying. Okay, hey, you know, this is our runout radio number forty-nine. I am well aware of that. And. We are going to have a pretty special number 50. Yeah. Um, for the listeners, Jerry and I have been tossing around names for months. Oh, don't tell them. No, 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 no. Just, yeah, just okay, knowing okay. That, that we had 50 coming up. And there was a name that, that I brought to the game or brought to the table. And, and Jerry said, no, let's not go with that one. And, and I, I'm going to defer to my elder on that one. I think it was a good choice to not... Uh, try to have this player but uh all i will say is we're going to have a returning guest and we're going to have a new guest and uh i'm i'm looking forward very much so to to both guests i am as well and we'll let you know when that's coming up in due time right now please remember we are brought to you by the tap league system and by lucasi hybrid q so please support those good folks and uh that's all we've got for you right now. We'll be talking to you down the road. Thanks for tuning in.